Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number four for Monday, August 27th, 2018. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me, as always, is my friend Johnny. You may know him better as Pixel Riffs. Welcome, my friend. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, back back again to talk about some more Minecraft. Always, always a pleasure. Now that we've got three of these underneath our belt, I notice that I'm starting to look forward to Monday mornings, which is our usual record time yeah. for The Spawn Chunks. And uh, it's it's always nice when... You start a new project and you're excited about it, but then you're like, you've scratched the itch of starting something new, and now you're in the into the repeating something new. And it's nice; it's a nice feeling on a new project when you're just you're genuinely excited to work on it. For sure, and there's always a lot of activity happening over the weekend, so Monday is kind of the ideal time to talk about it. Really, like everybody on my server is online for like Saturday and Sunday, basically. So yeah, there's always some new stuff comes up on on Monday morning. Speaking of, what did you get up to this weekend? I finished the ink farm. I'm so excited about the ink farm. The ink farm is finally in working order. And unfortunately, we'll get to this a little bit later, but it only works when everyone else is offline <laughs> because because we're, we're all building around a giant ocean. So there's a lot of spawnable space for ocean uh, mobs. Yes. And the fact that I've had to reduce this river biome down to basically... I don't know, it's maybe about 100 individual water sources, and it stacks as well, so there's probably more than that in there. But um, yeah, the, the amount of spawnable space there is for squid there is minuscule compared to the vast oceans that everyone is building around. So unfortunately, yeah, whenever anyone, anyone else is logged in, they, they're spawning fish and squids and dolphins around them, and my ink farm just shuts down. It is, there's mm. nothing. I can stay there for as long as I want and I won't get anything. But when everyone else is offline, or maybe if somebody else decides they want to come at AFK at the ink farm, it gets about 2,000 ink sacks per hour which is <laughs> absurd nice like it will for fit... someone that's not a not a, a redstone not efficiency a, not a you technical know, like player. monster you not, know? A, like, not a technical player that's, but that's pretty darn good yeah i'm really happy with how it, it kind of optimized itself i've managed to work out a design that doesn't have salmon spawning which are the other things that spawn in rivers so we just oh, nice. get squid out of this and i don't have to like filter out the fish separately mm. And yeah, it will fill up a double chest of ink in an hour. So within four hours, we can fill up the storage system that's there now. And yeah, my buddy Awuga, who's building a... Uh, uh, he's got an ocean temple, so he's got a guardian farm. Uh, he, he's been wanting to sell dark prismarine for ages, but hasn't had a decent supply of ink. But now he and I are basically business partners. So we've... Uh, well, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm supplying the ink and he's uh, turning it into gorgeous blocks. I was going to say like, do you, I mean, obviously, you personally don't need 2,000 ink sacks per hour. Does the <laughs> server even need that much? Like, are, there, are you going to reach a saturation point at some time? I, I, I expect we will reach a saturation point, but I have big plans for large builds this season, and ink is useful for dark prismarine, which is one of my favorite blocks. I can also make dark... Uh, I can make black concrete. Uh, you can turn it into right. either of the gray dyes, although that requires a little bit of bone meal input as well, but I also have a skeleton farm, so that's nice. fine. I'm finding uses for it a lot of the time, and just having an an easy supply of it, I've got like a double chest and a couple of shulker boxes of it at my base now, so having it accessible to me at any time instead of having to go out and swim around and waste my time attacking squid with a sword is mm. actually really nice it's just nice having a surplus of it around and i also got a trident speaking of attacking squids this week uh, oh nice me me and nashcrafter who's got a, a drowned farm on the server she and i worked out a deal where 
sometimes instead of AFKing at the ink farm, I'll AFK at the drowned farm and start farming some drowned. And we, she's got the big uh, version up in the sky we were talking about last week, the Doc M uh, Il Mango oh, okay. Trident farm. So yeah, she's luring drowned into the nether. We're attacking them with looting swords. And I managed to farm, I think, two or three tridents for her shop that she's selling them at. But she just gave me one that she had left over from her previous session. So I've been throwing right a trident around. It's It's a lot of fun. Yeah, do you you like it as a weapon? Mm. Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's it's very apparent that it's not good at overworld mobs, and I've not been spending a huge amount of time actively moving around right. in the water. But it's nice to just have in your inventory and chuck around. It's fun to use. It's mm. like in in addition to like bows and stuff like that. It's it's just kind of fun to have a third option. And not have to go right. I have to swim, uh, swim all the way up to that squid to kill it. Now you just bullseye it from a distance. They're they're very satisfying to use, even if they're not particularly powerful. I remember that uh, feature in World of Warcraft where you had bow and arrow with a lot of hunters. Then you had like your swords and your axes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But some some classes were able to throw daggers and throw axes like uh, ranged weapons. Yeah. And that just brought something new. It's really, it's the same mechanic. You're not really doing a whole lot different, you know, compared to a bow and arrow. But it just gives that fun feeling of like, you know, something going through the air and making like a whoosh noise and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like that kind of thing brings a lot to the game. I have not used one myself yet, uh, but it, it feels like 1.13 is focusing on the fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. And it's... It's great so far. We've had a really active server for the last month, so everyone is clearly having fun in this update. Uh, what kind of fun are you having? What have you been up to this week? Well, I did the exact opposite of any technical building over the weekend. I actually started work on the inn on a bridge that I mentioned last episode. Yeah. I, I got onto the stream. I, I ended up with some free time Friday night, right around like 4 or 5 p.m., which I don't normally have. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I never stream at this time of day. I'm always much later. And I miss out on people that have gone to bed in other parts of the world. So mm -hmm. I thought I would jump on and, and try to prep some some stuff. And uh, we worked on a wheat field, uh, had a lot of fun with some folks in the chat. Uh, Cosmic Dancer from our Discord was there. Uh, and one of, the, one of the highlights was there's a cave near where I'm building the bridge. Mm -hmm. And there was this bat that was just constantly flying around my head. <laughs> Not in the cave. Like I was out in the wheat field and there's nothing but blue sky above me. And this yeah. bat was just everywhere. They occasionally so we make their around. way to the surface, don't they? They just kind of pop up randomly. Yeah. Like, why is this bat here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, so we were making this joke, like we have to name this bat. So we named him Wheat Bat. <laughs> and and I eventually I eventually did, did name tag him. Uh, nice. They're, they're, yeah, they're tricky to catch too, so that's an achievement. It's very, right very tricky. Yeah, no, I, I carried this name tag in my in my inventory for like a good hour on the, on the stream, uh, and then when I was building the bridge yesterday, uh, there was another one that kept on flying around, and I thought I thought it was wheat bats, but I couldn't get close enough to him to check the name tag, and eventually I did. I was like, no, there's no tag on that, so I grabbed <laughs> another tag, built an anvil specifically for this. Uh, and then someone in my in my stream bet me 200 bits that I couldn't tag bridge bat. Well, <laughs> I now have 200 bits and two named bats flying around, <laughs> flying around the this, South Meadows. This is becoming like a nature documentary. You're like going out tagging local wildlife and seeing if it turns up again. <laughs> it's it's like it's like something out of a nature doc. That's so cool. It, 
Next time I stream, I'm going to have to talk like a golf announcer, be like, so here we are. Yeah. So, like, the bridge of two ends. It's like Planet Earth documentary kind yeah. of thing. What We're is waiting it? patiently for Bridge Bat to appear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Austin, Texas has that enormous bat population living oh, underneath yeah. or near one of the bridges, and people go there at like dusk to watch all of the bats leave. It's like that in your world, but with two bats instead of 2,000. <laughs> <laughs> two instead of 2,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I find bats really fascinating. I don't know if I'd want to be around 2,000 of them, but sometimes mm. they, they're pretty cool have you ever seen the, the documentaries about flying foxes i have not no they sound they like they'd be entertaining. Are crazy yeah well they're the size of a fox that flies it, <laughs> yeah. it's a very large fruit it's a fruit bat like it's not a carnivorous thing but they're in i think it's like indonesia and 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 southeast asia but man you think uh, 2000 like you know mouse sized bats or bat sized bats is a lot Try to look at it in a population of several thousand of these flying foxes going through the rainforest. I can only I mean, imagine. The noise is just like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, they don't scream like uh, like phantoms, but they're about the same size. Which <laughs> yeah, is just it's an odd, odd experience to watch. I think it was, I think it was Planet Earth. It was one of the more recent BBC uh, documentaries uh, that that I watched. That and there was a section where they they covered the flying foxes, which is really cool. Uh, but we're not here to talk about flying foxes. We're here to talk about Minecraft. And uh, we have some news. As a matter of fact, since the last time that we recorded an episode, Minecraft 1.13.1 has been released. We Yay. were discussing the imminent release of it last week, and I think maybe the day after we recorded the podcast, it came out. Basically, yeah, they're on it. They're, they're updating pretty much every week now, so it's it's good because yeah. it means we always have something to talk about in this news section. But uh, how have you been feeling about 1.13.1? Have you, have you updated straight away? I updated straight away. I backed up the server and I updated the server. Mm -hmm. uh, I updated myself because we were all complaining about lag issues. Yes. And uh, we have um, some things on the on the server that were not working because of the um, issues that were, go were going to be fixed with this release. So it seemed like the right thing to do. It did not seem like it was going to be as risky mm -hmm. uh, as updating from 1.12 to 1.13. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, it's also very easy for me as the server admin to pop on, make a backup, download it. It really takes about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then I can and then I can um, do the the update because Cubetoast, the server that I'm with, they allow you to update it like right on the fly. Yes. All you have to do is restart your server and, and you're good to go. Uh, so the the highlights, I guess, for for us were um, iron golems spawning on, in slabs, glass, farmland, grass path, and air blocks has been fixed. Mm -hmm. uh, lag while taking a screenshot with F2 in single player and multiplayer, by the way, has been fixed. Uh, I noticed that right away. That's a huge change. It, yeah, it makes life it, a lot easier. It's somehow weirdly significant. But yeah, you do notice that stutter whenever you take a screenshot and that's completely mm -hmm. gone now. End cities uh, and woodland mansions don't generate completely when interrupting gener generation. I'm not entirely sure how that works or, or why they worded it like that, but it sounds like the issues that you were talking about within cities last time yeah. may have been fixed. Yeah, I think the way it generates uh, the end cities in particular is generating the islands and then it goes, oh, there should be an end city here and that interrupts world generation so it can build out this end city because obviously they're modular. They kind of spring out from the different towers mm. and stuff. Uh, and so it works out, it detects whether or not it can do that. And that wasn't like actually happening correctly in the first place. So I think, yeah, now it's it's happening right. And hopefully if we go back out to the end now, we have reset our end. Now we've updated to 1.13.1. We should start seeing end cities in the places where I wasn't finding them before. So fingers oh, crossed well, that works. Good. I haven't been yeah. there myself yet, but uh, yeah, I might go back. Cool. 
another note was that villager door detection range has changed. They didn't mention what it changed to. Yeah, I, th I think uh, I think that may have been just a, a weird bug with with villagers that they've now yeah. reverted to what it was before. Explosion radius has increased and mobs require two blocks of air to spawn at all times now, which I thought was really interesting because I, I was always really self-conscious of baby zombies spawning in a one high area. Yeah. Uh, and now apparently they need an air block above them. I think baby zombies normally only spawn in an area that could spawn a regular zombie. I think the way Minecraft works is it detects a two block tall area and goes, okay, a zombie could go there and then it decides uh, whether or not it's going to be a baby zombie after the fact. So most of the time, yeah, right. they, they don't always need, uh, they, they need two blocks of air anyway. So yeah, mm. you don't have to worry too much about baby zombies appearing in those one block high spaces. Well, that's good to know. So the, the one that I, I find affects us the most uh, on my server was the iron golems and air blocks. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on my single player series, but we have an iron golem farm that's not very big. Mm -hmm. It's just for a small server of folks and iron golems were spawning outside of the catchment area and falling to the ground. It was still an iron farm, but you had to kill them all by hand, which was not practical at all. Yes, and it's not easy when their villagers spawned iron golems that attack you when you fight them, unlike yeah, the player spawned exactly. iron golems, which don't. <laughs> yeah, and it takes a long time. Even with a decent bow, you kind of have to sit there and just, it's boring. It's not at all entertaining the entire server uh, gets now, together and fires arrows at them from a distance yeah pretty much uh and and now it's fixed uh, and I did, I did a test uh over the weekend i put a couple of poppies in the chest uh while i was working in the area well actually it's it's in the sponge chunk so it really doesn't matter where i was um but i went back after the stream uh the other day and and we had like a stack and a half of, of iron which nice. is good i think it, it works out to be like one iron golem every 15 minutes give or take as mm -hmm. long as someone is playing in the overworld again not a big farm for uh, our server but we've already got like a double chest of iron just sitting there so people obviously don't need it yeah. so much that we're running out uh and if it, i mean push comes to shove we would just build another one somewhere else in the spawn chunks and you know just go from there mm -hmm. uh, but that, that was that was a big one for me i really wish they had fixed the mouse issue that i have uh, i think it might be a very specific thing to max um but i have an issue when uh i I don't use the number keys. I use the scroll wheel to to select my tools in the hotbar. Yeah. And it doesn't work uh, anymore or it works with momentum. So one click on your scroll scroll wheel used to uh equal one cursor movement yeah. on it, it just the like hotbar. switches between whatever's left and right yeah. of your currently selected now it tool. doesn't now it's like every five or six or however fast you are so now i have to kind of get good at like going around the horn and stopping it's like when when i was a kid when the television only had 12 channels and you had to go up past you know like you'd only go up and then you had to kind yeah, of go like back when, around when, you, when you're, you're scanning through it like you're trying to find a radio station exactly so so i had to uh i'm still trying to work with that and it, it the mouse wheel does not work at all when you're crouching so if you're building with multiple blocks and you're trying to walk on the edge of something as you and i normally do in our creative builds mm -hmm. not creative but in our in our, our our building uh it's a real pain i fell off my bridge a number of times yesterday just because like i have to let go of shift in order to switch blocks and it's a pain i really wish that they would fix it but it, it does not I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere, so yeah. I might try to actually submit it just because it's a real, it's, I, it's, it's affecting the way that I play, which yeah. is really bothersome. I, I think that might be worth you submitting because it's not a problem I've noticed as a PC player. So you're right, it mm. may be a Mac issue, and if it is, there's going to be fewer players reporting it, so it might be, yeah. might be worth getting that one in. So yeah, 1.13.1 does still have some bugs 
in it. And most notably for me, having made a squid farm this week, flowing water is still causing massive FPS drops for me. And so the mm. performance optimizations they were promising for liquids, while maybe they have made some performance optimizations aren't necessarily all they were cracked up to be they're not the you know fantastic fix we were hoping for there are definitely still issues with that so i'm hoping they're still dialing it in i am really hoping that there is eventually going to be something that fixes that entirely and we don't get these massive lag spikes every time i place a sponge in a river <laughs> which i've been doing a lot of but yeah i think we will uh we'll hopefully see the end of that sometime soon also uh Ice roads for boats are apparently kind of less reliable now because I've noticed this happen in, in Hermitcraft, actually. Doing the Hermitcraft recap this week, we were yes. reporting that Cubfan suffered an unfortunate death on an ice road in the nether where I think either like he, he got out of the boat and then it kicked him, so he had to log back in and he was falling into lava, or he just got out of the boat and glitched through the bridge entirely. But uh, yeah, he ended up falling into lava and managing to get to a nether fortress pillar but nearly you know nearly died in lava and ended up losing all of his stuff because he couldn't get back there in time uh same thing happened to my server mate bjw because we have a an ice road leading out to the ender ender which is he's been working on the enderman farm uh and that's you know hundreds of blocks out into the void so it's away from the central end island and only enderman will spawn in that location when you're there and he glitched through the ice road and lost everything in the void because it's kind mm. of unescapable at that point unless you're very quick with your reflexes and you've got an elytra and some fireworks to hand. So, yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be working super well and hopefully that's something that will get fixed because players use these a lot now. They're the fastest yeah. way of getting around. They're really useful for contraptions which are really far out, like the Ender Ender or whatever Wither Farm you happen to have on your server traveling in the nether especially and if you're just building with ice boat uh, like uh, packed ice roads then it's yeah it's it's not going to be pretty <laughs> lots of people losing their stuff to that i imagine yeah i've not noticed uh as much of a problem still with water it's better it's certainly not fixed but i i feel like it's been it's been updated but I, like you said, I still think it needs some work. I don't do much with sponges right now, though. Like, I'm not really working in water. It's more just, like, being around it. Uh, that tends to be where I'm where I'm sitting on that. Uh, I've still, I'm still noticing some weird block and, and entity lag, but that's just me. If anybody is wondering what that noise is in the background, by the way, I'm pretty sure that's a Blue Jay on Joel's side. He is in Canada, as we have noted before. And uh, yeah, we, we, the Blue Jay is a native of Canada and uh, hopefully will it's not be added to Minecraft backyard. because it's really irritating. I mean, no, no, no problem, of course. But uh, yeah, hopefully people listening to the podcast can forgive us the occasional bird noises in the background it's wow yeah and and it's like he I, he might have actually been like on my balcony that because yeah. that was that was absurdly loud to the point where i'm just like i'm gonna have to interrupt the podcast and close my window <laughs> yeah we, uh, we've we actually joked we we've joked about this on comics coast to coast before because we i again we had one that just happened to fly by at the at the wrong time when i was recording and it's i mean because i'm in canada and you're in the uk it's uh 10 o'clock in the morning here so the birds and everything are out in my in my backyard right mm -hmm. now and uh it's so funny the blue jay is a very pretty bird it would make a beautiful addition to minecraft as long as it kept its mouth shut because <laughs> the exact opposite happens when the thing opens up its bill it's this horrible noise yeah yeah you know it's like a crow you know yeah, it's like they're, they're related like to black crows. crow they are related to crows oh are they part because of the, I did, I did, the corvid I a family yeah 
Yeah. Well, because, I mean, you look at a crow and it makes the noise. You kind of get, yeah, that's about the noise that a big black bird would make, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, then you get this blue jay and you're like, wow, why can't you be more like a chickadee, man? Like, (laughs) (laughs) take a lesson from your little brother. Anyway, uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, uh, speaking of controlling noises, uh, this week is resource packs. Do we like them? Do we use them? Which ones do we prefer? How are they made? How are they used? Uh, and I think that the best way to kind of kick this off is maybe talk a little bit about where resource packs even came from in the first place. Yeah. So uh, a brief history of resource packs I've, I've prepared for you guys. Um, so obviously when Minecraft started out, it was as you see it in front of you when you log in with default kind of vanilla textures. And at the time, there were even fewer textures in the game. And some of them were different. The textures of Minecraft have evolved over time but thanks to the kind of complex logic that goes into minecraft and the code being kind of more complex behind the scenes to allow for all of these fantastic mechanics and stuff the look of the game has always been very basic and i feel like notch kind of was fairly aware of this when he started making the game and after a certain point i think in in a very early alpha version we're talking alpha 1.2.2 here um it was officially supported by Minecraft that players could alter the textures using a texture pack. Uh, The textures in Minecraft at the time, and I think they still to a certain extent are, were just pulled from a PNG file on your hard drive that mapped the textures to the six faces of whatever block you were looking at. So cobblestone is one image, but it reproduces on all six sides. And at the time, you had to kind of patch stuff in using an external program. Minecraft modding started really early uh, because it was a PC-based game. It was coded in Java, which was a relatively easy programming language for people to get their hands on. So people would retexture Minecraft earlier than this, but official support was added in Minecraft Alpha 1.2.2. And at the time, it was limited to 16 by 16 pixel textures, so you couldn't really go any higher than the resolution that Minecraft textures Mm -hmm. currently have. Now, obviously, people wanted higher resolution because they're used to playing more graphically kind of exciting games. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so support for HD and animated textures was added a lot later on. We're talking in full release version 1.5. So around the same time, things like Horses and The Wither were added in the full release of Minecraft. So fairly late on. But I imagine in the meantime, they probably added mods that would allow you to support HD textures and so forth. And the texture pack community really grew at that point because you would be able to do up to, you know, 256 by 256 uh, textures so you could get more photorealistic stuff in Minecraft. You could definitely alter the game from looking like a kind of blocky game that you'd find in more like the pixel art stylings of games from the 90s and update it to look a little bit more kind of current whether or not you thought that was a good look i imagine various people's mileage would vary because yeah i have i have some strong opinions about photorealistic texture packs which we will we will get to later but ultimately the full release 1.6.1 changed this to resource packs, which had a a fundamental difference where it wasn't just the textures you could change now, you could retexture other things, you could change the sounds, you could change animations, even models for certain mobs. So, you know, there's a a Minecraft modeling community that changes the the models for things like, you know, the, the mobs you'll find roaming around the game, cows, sheep, pigs, and so on. But even adding in custom block models for 
actual blocks. So you can retexture, say, a block of iron if you're not using blocks of iron regularly in your world. You can import a model of a computer. And so anytime you place down an iron block, you can use a computer, just decorate your houses with them and make right. furniture and that kind of thing. So it's something that adds a huge amount of depth to the game whilst not necessarily going into modding territory. You're not adding new stuff to the game. You're just changing bits of it. Uh, at, mm. the, at the time, they even introduced a tool, uh, a Mojang kind of official tool called Texture Ender uh, to help players convert the previous kind of texture pack formats to a resource pack format so you didn't have to go through and learn all of the, the new ins and outs of the resource pack format. You could just change your texture pack from an older version to the new version and keep on using it. Since then, obviously, we have come on a long way and there are a lot more blocks to retexture. There are a lot more sounds to alter if you want to do stuff like that. You can have control over languages and splash screens so you can control what it says next to the word Minecraft in yellow letters when you, you log in for the first time. This is all very much oriented around the Java version, by the way. I should preface this by saying that. And right. there is support for texture packs and resource packs in other versions of Minecraft, but they are obviously less kind of player-led. A lot of it is is based around, say, like the Minecraft Marketplace, as there is now, or on the console versions. There used to be downloadable kind of official resource packs that you could add into the game. And there were several at the time I was playing, which was pretty early, that had, you know, there's a city builders resource pack, which has blocks that look a little bit more like kind of, you know, more, more oriented around city buildings. The glass was clearer and had like a nice kind of shiny border to it, but without the streaks that you'd find in regular vanilla Minecraft, the sandstone mm. and stuff looked a little bit more like the buildings that you would find downtown in a large city, like a New York kind of city or London or wherever. And those were kind of the only ones you could get. There wasn't much facility to add custom textures into the console and mobile versions of the game. Now with the Bedrock platform that has changed and the Minecraft marketplace has opened up a little bit so that player created textures can be added but there's obviously a pretty heavy vetting process in that so texture packs and resource packs have now been around for quite a while there's a huge variety of them out there and they have different uses as well like i said there's a city building kind of pack on xbox but you'll find that people tend to modify and adapt the textures sort of however they see fit right now and there's even changes towards like quality of life kind of stuff like i personally use a resource pack that lowers the shield uh, so that it's not taking up right. as much of the screen, which is a, a practical thing in terms of making YouTube videos because you want your viewers to be able to see as much of the world around them as possible. So there is stuff like that that kind of comes in. I, I, let's let's talk. Let's dig into this, Joel. What, what's your uh, experience with texture packs? How do you like to do things? Well, I I use some, and I'm currently using the beta version two resource pack, which is from Mojang. Yeah. So this was released on January 31st of 2018. Uh, Jasper Borster, I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh, he, will, uh, he will forgive us for that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, better known as Jappa uh, in, the, in the Minecraft community. Uh, so he's working on the, these new, new textures. Uh, there are some more changes that he's been plugging on his Twitter account, which we'll have linked in the show notes um since january 31st but right now i'm playing mostly with those uh updated textures yeah. to, to uh, clarify here these are textures that are going to be fully replacing the current default yes. textures of minecraft so eventually yeah the textures he's working on which are currently available as 
a texture pack just that you can download will just be the look of Minecraft whenever you log in. These will yep. be the, the default. And the reverse is true of the default. The current default will be available as a, uh, you know, a resource pack that you can download as, which is basically, it's a brilliant idea. It's like, look, we think that this is going to be better. So we're going to change it for everybody going forward. However, if you don't like it, here's the old stuff from us. Yes. Feel free to download it and use it. I, it's smart. It's, it's really, really smart because this stuff is just so subjective. And that's, I think one thing we should probably lay out across the top of this conversation is that you know we are going to have opinions there's no real right or wrong uh there are some kind of general i think community-wide agreement on some blocks not being very you know aesthetic mm -hmm. but for the most part it really just is it's it's divided on you know what your personal tastes are and what your personal use cases are like are you doing a very single player world where you're making a pirate haven and you want to change a bunch of stuff because it's going to suit your needs. Great. But are you playing on a multiplayer server? And when people come to your pirate haven with your texture pack, is it going to look really weird when you've got magenta stuff everywhere? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. And they're not, they're seeing magenta where you're seeing skull and crossbones. Like, so stuff like that, I think is, is worth kind of noting at the beginning of all this. Uh, for me, much like you, I like the vanilla textures in the game. Mm -hmm. I actually find it very odd. I remember when I was first watching some YouTubers and I was like, why does their stuff look so weird? And I couldn't put my finger on it until I started to learn about texture packs at the time and resource packs, and that they were playing with like the, uh, what's it called? Um, not vanilla. It's called um, true to form or uh, faithful. Um, faithful. Thank yeah. you. The faithful HD where it takes the 16 by 16 pixel art and changes it to like 64 by 64 and it's the idea is that the colors and the design are supposed to remain faithful to vanilla textures Hence the name. but everything is just yeah but everything is just a higher resolution yeah and i'm just like why why does the pickaxe look so weird and smooth in this video and of course then i clued in and it's like oh okay like i, I understand and i've tried a little bit i've 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 looked at some other resource packs and things i wanted to try and, and download myself ultimately i do find i i like the lower pixel uh kind of ratio on mm -hmm. most things some things i'm just like mm, no this really doesn't look very good and i'd like to go with a higher resolution but by that i mean like i might up it to 32 uh by 32 instead of 16 by 16. Mm -hmm. um but i i do make some changes but i feel like they are very minimal and most of the changes that i make are as you mentioned quality of life stuff i don't know whether that's just because I am creating content for YouTube and I'm curious for, for our listeners as to whether YouTubers tend to have more uh, opinions and more variety in their texture packs compared to single players or not. Uh, I really enjoy controlling the sounds. So uh, one of the things that I've used is uh, vanilla tweaks uh, from Azumavoid. Uh, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And what I like about it is that you can download things piecemeal. You don't have to download a texture pack and then just deal with everything. You can actually pull out very simple individual things like arrows on your hoppers, or like you mentioned, a lower shield. Uh, I think back when this first came out, it removed the face from pumpkins in the wild and just had a regular like round pumpkin. And then yeah. only when you made a jack-o'-lantern would it have a face in it. Again, things that made sense. They were just really small changes and they don't really affect the gameplay that much. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are the kind of things that I tend to implement in most of my texture packs. Uh, how, like, where do you land when it comes to 
to using texture packs? Do you use one at all? I don't right now. I've not even gone ahead with the beta versions of Minecraft textures. And oh, interesting. I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are now making that shift because they realize that the textures are on their way. And if they end mm. up getting finished anytime soon, suddenly all the stuff they've built on this server with the current default textures is going to look not completely different, but different enough that they might not have used those same materials when they were building. So like right. a lot of people say like now the planks in the new default textures look a little bit shinier where in the older default they looked a little bit more matte and smooth and so they wouldn't have built with those necessarily because they don't want their build to kind of pop out everywhere with all these light hits. So yeah, it's 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 interesting to me to see the philosophy going into this update because for a while these were talked about as the 1.13 textures as if they were going to come out concurrently with 1.13 from what right. i understand that was never the plan they were just going to come out when they come out and that's why they're still work in progress and there's still a heavy amount of community feedback about how the new textures look and why they're mm. making certain changes unifying which the might... theme of minecraft is i think the idea behind it yeah which might be a good reason to actually use them too is that because then you have an opportunity to play with them and form some opinions and then let Mo Yang, no, hey, this is good, this is bad, or you know, like if especially if it's a if it's constructive, like you're yeah. like, hey, this is a great, but you might want to do this, you know, stuff like that. I think is is good. I'm always more interested to hear people's opinion on textures when they're not just saying this sucks. Yeah, absolutely. I and, don't like it, you know. And and Minecraft has such a big player base that they're going to be getting a very broad amount of feedback on yep. this stuff anyway, and yep. everyone is interested in the furthering of the game. I think that's one of the greatest things about this community is everyone wants Minecraft to do well. Nobody is mm -hmm. in this community to see it die. And so the <laughs> exactly. yeah, the, the whole the whole idea with the the textures being open beta is that everybody can give in their feedback and and kind of help mold it into the Minecraft that ultimately everybody wants to see that we can get the biggest group consensus on. But yeah, I don't really I don't really hold truck with the texture pack thing. Uh part of the the meaning behind survival for me is in earning things looking good. And I find a lot of texture packs tend to subvert that by giving you blocks that look really good by themselves. So you can make an entire wall out of stone brick and all of the stone bricks look different and they're kind of varied and it adds so much kind of character to a build, which is right. great. But then you turn the texture pack off and what you've got is a giant flat wall of the same texture that doesn't look all that great. My... Right. My philosophy when it comes to building is that it has to look good for the structure that it is, regardless of what textures are applied to it. And obviously you can't imagine every single texture in the world being applied to it at once. So I stick with the default because it's what everybody else uses. Uh, on the mm. server I, I play on, we don't have like a, a an enforced texture pack. We don't have like something that you have to have when you log in and you can't change. So various other people, my server mates, have their own resource packs. I know Fwip has his own resource pack. The Cirque is the same. I think various other people, I think Jermsey is another guy who like updates his texture pack pretty regularly and makes these little tweaks. Kind of in the same way you'll see players like BOO, uh, to use a more famous example. Um, mm -hmm. he, he tweaks stuff kind of thinking, yeah, you know what? It would be really great if Netherbrick was black and then maybe if Jungle Logs, instead of being that kind of rosy pink color, had a little bit more green to them because that matches how green the trunk of Jungle Logs is. And they kind of make these little changes that they think make sense for the game. But yeah, I prefer to stick with default because that way I know everyone else on the server will see my build the same way I see it. So everybody's going to look at it and go, okay, that's exactly the same as it was in Pix's video. It Yeah, it, it looks exactly as it was. And anybody else 
who's playing in default at home watching my videos can see it and be inspired by it or recreate it themselves because they know exactly what the blocks are. I think that's mm. one of my problems that happens in, it happens in modded Minecraft more often, but it also happens when I'm watching other people's videos and they have heavy use of, of texture packs, is that I don't know what that block is you're using unless you tell me. So if say yeah. somebody has got really dramatically changed textures for the stained clay blocks, because you don't tend to use stained clay all that much in your builds, you tend to you know, pepper it in here and there. And so one stained clay block will have like a giant picture of a wolf on it as though you know you've just applied a painting to that block it looks fantastic but like you said earlier you 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 wander into this space in a default texture pack and you go why is there all this magenta stuff everywhere yeah and to them it looks yeah, completely yeah. different i i actually did a kind of build commission back on one of my older servers for a guy who used a really heavily texture packed uh set of builds uh it was called wolfhound i think and it was a very kind of somebody had like hand painted all of this stuff and it was all very high kind of high resolution textures i think it was a 128 by 128 pack and it looked gorgeous when you built all of the stuff with it at the time but then if you turn the texture pack off you realized oh i'm actually just using kind of like hay blocks that are retextured to look like something different and anybody right. else walking around in default was going to go, why is this place is really garish? There's just so much weird yeah. stuff on the walls and things. So yeah, I prefer, I prefer having default. I prefer having stuff that if it's tweaked, it's such a minor tweak and it's such a quality of life thing like lower shields or having a custom sky is kind of nice because my builds are going to look the same right. whether the sky is different or not. Um, Precisely. Does not affect your building. Yes. And, and custom skies are actually a feature that's only really available with Optifine. Uh, which is, you know, a client-side mod, we've talked about it before, can increase yeah. your FPS and allows you a few more options to tweak the visual style of Minecraft a little bit. Things like dynamic lighting, you know, when you're holding a torch, it lights the area around you, which doesn't happen in Minecraft unless you actually place a torch. And it allows for custom skies. Uh, I don't think it's really possible to alter the Minecraft skybox with a resource pack, or if you can, it doesn't behave the same way that Optifine skies do. So, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's part of a resource pack that is only activated by the Optifine client. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm fine with stuff like that because it doesn't ultimately affect what I'm building, what I'm the, the materials I'm using in front of me, which texture packs do. And I like people to, to see my builds as I intended them. So something that I noticed about just your, your comments there was that a lot of reference to making videos and how people see builds yeah. in your videos at home, uh, a lot of multiplayer concerns. So something that I've noticed when I'm looking at people's texture packs and where I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting, but I, it doesn't like make the hair on the back of my neck stand up is usually people that have single player worlds. Yeah. You know, uh, I know what you mean, though, when you're looking at someone on a single player world and I'm not going to pick on on B-dubs, um, but I'm just going to use him as an example. I remember watching some of his epic builds in these big like medieval um villages that he made in this community this castle community really cool looking stuff but i'm I'm looking at it going like i'd love to reproduce that but i don't know how that crap he did that yeah and it's it's because like i'm looking at something that is a retextured block like it's a note block that looks like a a, a barrel or mm -hmm. a crate yeah i'm just like okay so you didn't build a barrel you just made something else look like a barrel and arguably in a medieval themed build if that's the only thing that you're doing chances are you're not going to place a note block anywhere mm -hmm. uh, just because that texture looks very i wouldn't say modern but it, do, it doesn't necessarily fit that that particular style yeah uh 
and there's and there are other blocks in Minecraft. For example, the magenta, you know, concrete block probably not going to be something you use a lot in in a medieval build. Uh, in terms of like a general, you know, kind of blanket statement. Um, for me, I I feel like some of the smaller changes and people that do uh, resource packs that I I really enjoy the changes usually have some sort of aesthetic reason where they're just kind of like, okay, I'm not making, I'm not fixing the game in terms of making it easier for me to make things look good, but I'm changing something that really should probably be changed anyway. And I, that's where I kind of come in with them and say like, yes, okay. Uh, my, the famous example I like to use is, is the hay bale, the default hay bale is snot yellow. Yeah. It is not the color of hay. I've driven by hay many times. It is, <laughs> that's not the color the hay is. Uh, and, and to be honest, in the default, uh, not the current beta, but the, the, the vanilla default textures, wheat when it's full ground, also not that color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so when you see something that's updated in the beta textures, where the, you have this beautiful golden wheat texture for the full grown wheat. Mm, the wheat does look really nice now. Exactly. And yet in the beta resource pack, which is a work in progress, I'm aware, the hay bale is still snot yellow. Yeah. It, it is horrendous. So I made a new one and I really didn't reinvent the wheel. It looks the same kind of texture wise. I, I updated a little bit, but not much. I was actually looking at a lot of what they did in the beta version two pack and, and was trying to mimic that to try to make it look as much like Minecraft as I could really what I was doing was changing the color. That was the biggest thing was just taking the whole thing down to black and white and then using my knowledge as an artist in Photoshop to go in and take the yellows and make it match so that when you've got full grown wheat next to a hay bale, it looks like it's made of the same stuff. So those are the kind of changes that I'm just like, okay, yes, it affects the way that my builds look. And if someone that doesn't have this hay bale walks by, then they're going to be, it's not going to be the same color but it's still a hay bale in the middle of a hay field. Mm -hmm. so, and that's how Minecraft intended it. So they're getting what Minecraft has to offer and how people would probably build with those blocks anyway. So that, like, that's the line that I skirt. I'm with you. I, I find it, I don't want to say cheaty, but I, I do find it a little bit of a, you're making this real easy for yourself when you have a bunch of cobblestone textures that every time you place a piece of cobblestone, it gives you like a slight variation you know, on that, on that block. I'm, like, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck out here and say that it is cheating. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I don't want to get email the spawn chunks, gmail.com <laughs> yes, exactly. attention pixel. Rip. <laughs> yes. Direct your ads yeah. at uh, pixel riffs on Twitter, but no, I, and this um, is where I think people split on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think I've, I've always been keen on creating details within Minecraft with the default vanilla textures, because that's the thing that feels fun to me. That feels like a challenge. That feels like you're yes. solving a puzzle. We talked in the, in the past about like, yeah, kind of solving puzzles in Minecraft and tweaking things so they look just right and being that kind of detail oriented. And it is possible to do that stuff without 3D modeling a bookshelf so it looks like all the books stand out on it. I've, yes. I actually have a tutorial from way back on my YouTube channel where you can kind of create a custom bookshelf by pushing armor stands into it that are wearing dyed uh, leather trousers. And so it looks like there's this giant tome sticking out of a bookshelf. 
You can go that's back on my really channel cool. and find it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 finding stuff like that that makes people go, that's really cool. How did you do that? Like, let me watch the tutorial for how to do that. And and finding out that you can do this stuff with vanilla textures is way more interesting to me than somebody going in and just tweaking a little bit around the bookshelf and just making it pop out a little bit more mm. in the textures to me. And, and that's something I can do myself within the game. I'm not that artistically inclined. I haven't looked into making my own texture packs, but I feel like if I did, it would take time away from me actually being able to play the game. And mm. it's not something that I have enough innate knowledge about, like you, you're an artist, where you can go through and you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And you can do it with some sense of, you know, organized, you know how much time you're going to be able to spend on it. For me, that would be a rabbit hole. And I, you wouldn't see any videos from me for two weeks because I'd be, <laughs> I'd still be tweaking the texture of spruce planks to get it that much yeah, better, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I want to avoid yeah. that rabbit hole if I possibly can and work with the stuff Vanilla has given me. And I'm, I'm definitely joking about the cheating thing. I do think that, yeah, people who can do that stuff and make it work for them, it's great. But there are ways of doing it with the default textures and that feels more rewarding to me than doing it just by tweaking things in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And I think the people that are using variants and textures and stuff like that, they're doing a very specific build. You know, we we referenced uh, your your server mate, Fwip. Uh, he has a desert build that he did in a single player world. He's doing a lot of custom, custom stuff, and it's a huge time investment. So why not make a custom texture pack that makes your stuff look really good? Why not give yourself more options? Because it's it's just your world. The only people seeing it are the your viewers and you on that particular world yeah if they want to download the world you've also made the resource pack available yeah you can I specify that you can say use yeah. this resource pack otherwise things aren't going to look great exactly and i and i think that it also is an extension of that artistic expression so for me i really enjoyed the same way that you enjoyed the puzzle solving of making something textured in minecraft with the blocks that you're given which i enjoy as well um, I also enjoy the artistic puzzle of like, okay, well, how can I make this tweak and not change it very much? Like what, what is the minimum amount of change that needs to happen for this to really work for me? A really good example is the yellow stained glass block. Mm -hmm. It is not the same color yellow as every other yellow block that they introduced in the world of color update. Mm -hmm. We've got yellow concrete powder. You've got yellow concrete. There's gold blocks now. Or not now, I mean, there always has been gold blocks, but like the gold blocks, like all the things that have that yellow kind of look to them have a certain warm yellow. And then when you look at other things like red concrete, red concrete powder, and red stained glass, they go together. There's like a uniformity to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the yellow stained glass has got this green tint to it, and it's horrible. Like you can't <laughs> use it with anything. So all I did was go into Photoshop and this is where, you know, your time investment, you know, comment comes in. It took me five minutes yeah. to drop into Photoshop and just, just change the tint on this yellow from a little bit green to a little bit more orange, like 10%. It's such a tiny thing. And all I did was just import the, um, the, the concrete powder texture, have that next to, to me in Photoshop while I was working. I was like, oh, wow. That didn't take very long at all. Mm -hmm. And then just put that into the game. Now, yes, people that walk by any of my, I haven't used it yet, but any of my future future stained glass builds with yellow stained glass are going to be like, wow, that well, that's the yellow stained glass that's default for Minecraft, but it looks kind of funny. And for me, it's just going to be like, it looks much better mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for me. And that's the kind of thing as a thing as an artist that just, it makes my left eye twitch. You know, like it's just like, yeah, I, I dislike when things are so obvious. 
and such a simple fix. And again, because this is a work in progress at, at Moyang uh, that Japa is working on, I'm hoping we're going to see some stuff. Like, I don't understand the division on, on the new texture pack. I quite like it. You know, from an artistic perspective, like my professional opinion is that it is an improvement on what was there before. And what one of the things I think is so strong about it is that they're not, in most cases, they're not making huge changes. It, they're very subtle. It's mostly upping the contrast and reducing the noise. Mm -hmm. It makes the blocks clearer. So your wood planks read more as planks than they did like speckled before. Uh, some things are not fantastic. You know, like for example, the new andesite texture. I really like the old one, you know, mm -hmm. and the new one is blue. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to be blunt, it's blue. Uh, and there's already been a post actually by by Jappa on Twitter saying like, okay, so here's one that's desaturated and dialed back. And already it, it's working a lot better with everything else in the game. Uh, so I think that, you know, there's obviously some push pushing like, uh, back to and fro on this kind of stuff. Um, but my my thoughts on it are like, I have the ability to mod, not mod, to to create these textures in the game. And for me, as long as it's not deviating too far from the vanilla, mostly uh, because the people on the multiplayer server that I play on don't have these texture packs. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things that I do want when people walk by um, for the build to look good. So even though I have something like the vanilla tweaks black nether brick, uh, I want to make sure that the build also looks good when someone walks by and it's the default kind of wine, wine color, purpley, you know, nether brick. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and there's enough contrast there, I think in the, in the use cases that I've had that it, that it should look good. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed diving into making resource packs. Uh, if you're interested in it, um, I mean, one of the best ways is just download someone's resource pack, open up the folders and kind of see how they structured things. A lot of times it's just renaming a PNG file to be the same as the name of the resource pack uh, or of the PNG file in the Minecraft folder. Uh, but I will have a link in the show notes uh, to uh, a YouTuber that goes by Uncle Jam. It's a series of tutorials that are, I think it's between 10, maybe as many as 20 videos, but most of them are short. They're like 10 minutes long. And he goes into great detail on how to create your own resource pack. He, he goes into specific projects like changing water, changing animated resources, changing uh, sounds, changing, um, what else is it? Uh, uh, connected textures, which is something that else that Optifine does yeah. that allows you to have like, you know, connected glass where you don't have the lines going down through and, the middle. And that I like really that. enjoy. I like having connected textures on stuff, especially glass, because you want to build a giant window without having the tiny little frames in it. You just want a big exactly. glass window that mobs can't shoot you through, but you can see out of perfectly well. And exactly. that's, that's why connected textures are so brilliant. I really enjoy the way that connected grass textures work, where that you've got the grass will continue down the side of a block. Yeah. If a matching grass block is one block away, yeah, if it's more than one block away, you get that dirt, that dirt side, which yes. is cool. I and mean, I like that. Makes things look a little bit more like a natural hill. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it and I and I think those are just small things that again don't really affect doesn't necessarily affect your build. Like unless you've got a grass roof, then it's really you know that kind of thing is not going to affect um things too much uh i one of the things i'd love to try to do is is try to just not necessarily because i feel it needs to be implemented but as a an exercise for myself 
I'd like to be able to try and do a little bit of modeling or a little bit of texture changing where you can add some depth to things. Um, I really like the stripped log textures that they've introduced. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool if when you strip a log, instead of just retexturing the one meter by one meter block, it actually removed the bark. <laughs> or you had an option to like double strip it and have that layer come off. So if you look at a log that is not stripped, it has a one pixel layer of bark around the outside. Yeah. But when you strip that bark away, it just changes that color. It doesn't actually reduce the diameter of the block. Yeah. So it doesn't bring it one pixel in to make it like a exactly. 14 by 14 pixel kind of thing. Yeah. And it would be very specific, you know, it would be, it would be a fun kind of like top of a fence or, you know, a log sticking out of the side of something. It just, it would be kind of neat to see that. Uh, and I, I don't like, again, that would be something very specific and people, I mean, people walking by, uh, on, on a multiplayer server might just see a stripped log. So like it, it really wouldn't change much, but for you aesthetically, it might be just fun. And for me, that that is more of a personal project of learning how to do something and creating something like that on my own than it is really kind of um, making it something that yeah that is implemented server wide. You're expanding you your got... Minecraft skill set in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think about some of the other things that I haven't implemented that are more quality of life and don't really affect builds. Things like 3D rails, 3D sugarcane, mm -hmm. ladders, yeah. vines. Again, I think that the, how do you describe it? It's a polygon, like a flat, no dimension polygon in the game to me really looks dated yeah like it, it really makes minecraft feel like an old game stuff like the sugarcane where you like if you look at it from a certain angle it just looks like a, a basically a line drawn down your screen piece, piece of paper yeah, yeah exactly. like it has it has no depth yeah uh and and so these tweaks from vanilla tweaks add 3d dimensions to all of these things including things like irs and stuff like that but they use the default textures like they don't change the color of anything it just basically it's like putting a straw into the side of a of a of a rail and going whoop, you know and yeah. just kind of blowing it up yeah. and i find it's it adds so much more immersion and you forget that you're playing a video game really and you start to get sucked into like this minecraft world mm -hmm. and that's that to me i think are, are is one of the, the the advantages of of resource packs yeah i um, i'm, I'm going to add a couple of other things into the mix here things that don't necessarily stick to kind of vanilla survival gameplay as we know it because the resource mm -hmm. packs i've seen people apply for adventure maps are frankly superb like we, oh, were, ta yeah. we were talking recently about dwarven mining company which is a uh, a map i briefly played with zloy and uh yeah it's available on the minecraft marketplace it's for bedrock editions but i think they made it in java and imported it to bedrock um, but yeah, this has a resource pack that changes the texture of villagers. So they're like little dwarf guys. Uh, they end up changing a lot of sounds, adding in some sounds of their own. So a certain sound plays. And in the Minecraft code, that could be like a ghast scream or something like that. But they've changed the sound so that it's actually a line of somebody talking because ghasts don't feature in this particular map. Uh, they've, they've also been able to retexture some of the mobs into boss monsters and because you can manipulate some stuff in the game files to increase the health of certain things for all you know you're fighting like a giant sheep with just 50 <laughs> hearts of health instead of five but and 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 they've they've made it attack you in various ways because they can change the way mob ai works with things like add-ons in minecraft bedrock editions so you can actually change the game into a completely different experience and i think for adventure maps that really 
adds to the immersion because you're not my problem with adventure maps and stuff like that is so often I end up looking around going you know oh yeah I, sh I could use that building technique when I do some stuff in my own vanilla game I'm not looking around at the actual experience the pack makers want me to have I'm I'm basically a tourist in there going wow I could build that let me try building that let me take a screenshot of this instead of focusing on mm. the experience so I think for, for adventure maps and stuff like that resource packs are great and they're also really fun in a challenge context. Now, this is something I did a, a long time ago, um, and I kind of want to revisit at some point, but there is a texture pack called Chubbick Craft, C-H-U-B-I-K Craft. You can Google this and you'll probably find it, but it's a blank texture pack. Every texture is replaced with flat white, except each block has its name written on it in a sans serif font. So you're looking at a tree and you see two <laughs> blocks in front of you. The shading and stuff is still there. So you can still make out that there are blocks and the sky is still blue above you. But the blocks themselves will say oak wood, oak wood, leaves, 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 leaves above you. And <laughs> you're walking around in this landscape and you have to trust that just because something says it is grass, it is grass. And everything still functions the same way. It's not actually changed the gameplay at all. And there's a challenge you can do in this texture pack where you can live in this world for as long as it takes you to beat the ender dragon. And and so the ender dragon is a completely flat set of textures as well, but obviously looks like a big white dragon in the sky. But then all of the end stone, all of the obsidian, all of the lava looks like a plain white texture with lava written on it, you know? So right. it becomes really difficult, especially when liquids are concerned, because liquids are, you know, rendered differently in minecraft and they flow and they're transparent and so when you find water you find it by accident because you've just jumped into it and the same happens right. with lava when you're caving you're like you hear the sound nearby but you're like oh okay that's there's lava nearby but i can't see it and then you look on the ground in front of you and you just see this slightly transparent texture and it says lava and you go oh no i'm standing right there in order to you know, it make this experience even more ridiculous. When I did this challenge, I also included a, a sound-based resource pack that was made by the people who do the Element Animation Villagers, which is a kind of long-running animated series uh, based in the world of Minecraft, but not actually using the Minecraft game. It's all rendered using Blender or whatever kind of animation tool they use. And the villagers all have this fantastic voice where it's a guy going, hello, what? Why are you doing this? You know, it's, it, they sound kind of like the peasants from the original Warcraft games. Okay. <laughs> jobs done kind of guys uh, <laughs> nice. and it's the guy who does the voice for that but whenever you walk on something it says the name of what you're walking on so you're walking around grass and instead of going f -f 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 -f, the way your footsteps normally sound it goes grass 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 <laughs> and so so the landscape is reading itself to you at this point and it's it, it, it's completely oh absurd and it seems like the kind of thing that would be a challenge in a completely different game you know it's like a flash game that somebody's made that you yeah. just have to try and navigate to the exit but everything just like talks at you constantly or something but this is all in minecraft this is all just a, a, a couple of resource packs you can download completely different game all of a sudden you know the mechanics and stuff yeah. are still there you still have to craft your tools and everything like that so you're familiar with that side of minecraft but it's it's really a test of how you understand the survival game if you're doing all of this with no textures it's it's really fun and i recommend anyone who's familiar with survival and feels like they've done it all to give that a try it would be really neat to to play minecraft in a world that looked like it was made of paper like folded paper like the different colored paper and like origami and stuff there like is, that. There is a game that's kind of like that that I've had my eye on for a little while. It's called Card Life, and everything is made of like corrugated cardboard. 
Oh, cool. And it's currently it's currently like in very early alpha and they're still like adding tons of features to it. So we won't go into it here. And again, this is the podcast yeah. about Minecraft. So we're trying not to <laughs> deviate into other games as much as we can. But yeah, it's it's got that survival aesthetic to it. And uh, when you create your tools, you can draw the outlines of them. So you can kind of model your own pickaxe to look like whatever you want. You can make it all spiky around the edges or you can make it really smooth and curvy. As long as you've got yeah, the skills fine. to draw that with a keyboard and mouse, then you can you can do some fun stuff with it. But yeah, and that's that's the kind of stuff that it, it's it's adding the texture packs for Minecraft, but in world, kind of in the game. Whereas Minecraft has allowed people to do this for years now. So yeah, I think I think people who've been around the block a few times with Minecraft and have started retexturing stuff for themselves might find that worth a look in the yeah, uh, in the sure. long run. So I've got a I've got a question for you to go back to like the the default Minecraft textures. Mm-hmm. Is there a block or a number of blocks? in Minecraft as you play it now that you don't use because you don't like it? There are a few. There are a few blocks that I definitely prefer and a few that I definitely avoid. One of which I've kind of gone back on since the 1.13 update because I was not the biggest fan of birch, either the logs or the planks never really appealed to me. The logs don't tend to look like anything other than birch logs. And part of the part of the stuff I do in Minecraft is kind of, you allow your imagination to you know, you can picture that this build is made out of certain materials when maybe it's not, uh, and 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 you're using different materials in different ways. I've never found a decent use for birch logs that didn't just look like, oh, you've put some birch down there. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can use acacia to look like fossilized wood or something kind of industrial, like it's made out of metal because it's got this brilliant gray texture with lots of highlights and stuff in it, and it looks like it's all scratched, or it's just the bark of a tree. Whereas birch just kind of looks like birch and the planks always had a kind of sickly yellow color that i didn't like then stripped birch logs came along in 1.13 and i love those textures those are fantastic and i've used them in several of my builds already i plan to use them a lot more they're great and i think it, it it's kind of like your problem with the the yellow of the glass in the the textures right now yeah it it, it, it strips out that like sickly green color that it has maybe makes it a little bit more orange a little bit more warm and that's lovely to me so i kind of hope that when the new textures come around they treat the rest of the birch uh block set the same way they've treated uh, stripped logs because i think those those look great on the flip side of that i love spruce wood but i can't find a decent place to use the stripped spruce logs i don't like them at all there's something about them that just looks kind of i don't know sort of muddy i guess and they're they're just not that appealing yeah and they're not as appealing to me yeah, they they don't look like the kind of log that you would build with. They look like wet firewood. That's we're we're finding out that green is the color of evil in Minecraft so far because well, every, and every problem we have with a block, it's because there's too much green in it. What's that well, about? and I think and I think part of it is carryover from the old textures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think to drop some art terms, color harmony is is a really big thing when you're yeah. doing something like a painting or or a large piece of work. And sometimes something as simple as just taking a dump of color and putting it to like 10% transparency and just overlaying that as if it's a glaze over your entire painting will just add enough color harmony where your grays have just a little bit of red in them. And then your shadows have just a little bit of red in them. And it just makes everything feel like it's part of a cohesive world. Mm -hmm. And then I think is where Minecraft blocks and textures tend to pop out at people is when you're dealing with something that's, you know, all of the birch has got this really warm texture and the stripped logs have got this warm texture. And then is it the planks that you don't like right now? Yeah, it's definitely the birch planks. 
so the birch planks are probably not the right temperature like mm -hmm. in terms of color yeah and and i and i i, I i'm struggling to remember them because i've been playing with this beta pack for the about last six months so i don't remember what the the default birch um planks look like uh but i but i know what you mean and i and i feel like the temperature that they've implemented in these stripped logs is from the new beta that's in the default pack in the default vanilla right now because uh because it's that feature that's in 1.13 it, they're pulling those textures from the, the new, the yeah. new textures. Yeah, so, they, they so then you've got birch that won't go. With, yeah, you've yeah. got birch that won't go with birch. Yeah, they they, they want to have a little bit more kind of cohesion going forward and so forth. Uh, the yeah. other two that are going to come up inevitably in these kinds of discussions are diorite and granite, uh, specifically the mm. unpolished kinds. And I think polished diorite has always looked okay. It looks even better in the new textures. Uh, yes. There is a joke going around basically the entire Minecraft community that diorite either looks like kitty litter or bird poop, uh, both of which I think are kind of accurate. And granite for me has never been a block that I've seen going with any of the stuff that I make. It sort of looks a little bit coppery and pink, and I don't mm. really know how to use it in builds particularly well. It always looks it looks okay in the structure of caves, but I never plan on digging it up and doing anything with it. So the one I always direct my ire at is granite. Uh, in the new textures, granite looks like beans to me. There's just something, <laughs> something about the shape of it. If you look at a block of granite, it reminds me of just like a bag of pinto beans that have these little kind of pink speckles on them. And for, yeah, for some reason, just like there's a, there's a shape in there. There's just like a suggestion of a shape that to me just looks like beans and I can't get mm -hmm. past it. So I will I always see that I will refer to it as bean blocks until they change the texture. Uh, I am probably never going to be able to unsee that the absolutely. next time I play. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I think that's it for me. What is it for you aside from uh, from hay bales that, uh, that... So I'm with you on default diorite uh, and... What what's funny, and this is a kind of a, a case of um, of Minecraft being too true too true to life. If you look up diorite, real life diorite, it looks like bird poo. Like it is a high contrast. It's basically andesite and often um, some other silicates, so white rock mm -hmm. that are all mixed together. It's an igneous rock, so it it looks like a high contrast bird poo on your windshield. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the beta textures, what they've done is they've reduced the contrast. So the dark parts are a little bit more of a light gray and less of a dark, deep gray. And it because they reduce that contrast, it it doesn't look as much like uh, a bird poop. It looks more like a white granite or or a stone, which I, I do I do really like. The polished diorite in the new texture is much better. The default kind of as you find it diorite is still not very good. But it's one of those things where I think I think they they have to take some creative license in Minecraft and make it not look like real life diorite in order for it to work in the game and have people actually use it. I, I've seen people use polished diorite famously. I think uh, most people that listen to this show might be aware of uh, Iskal on Hermitcraft uh, hating <laughs> diorite yes, and then actually using it yeah, <laughs> in a build. It's kind of been uh, his recently. thing for the longest time. And so as yeah. soon as he used polished diorite and he was like, I actually like this texture and I don't want people to make a big deal out of it. It's just a block <laughs> I want to use. Instant ire in his comment section. Instantly. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. You've sold out, man. <laughs> like all your values are just gone. There's nothing left for you at this point. Yeah. And even some of his server mates were ribbing him about that, which has been a lot of yeah. fun to see. But I think know. it's really fun. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, it, it shows that it's not just a thing. Like he's like, no, this is actually looking good. Like they've actually fixed it. Um, for me, I have trouble with uh, jungle wood 
I I have trouble. Not that I don't like it. I have trouble incorporating it. Yeah. Uh, I would say I'm trying to, I'm struggling to come up with some other things now. Um, for, for me, a lot of the textures that I find funny are not necessarily blocks. They're usually things like potatoes, uh, like not the, not the, the item, but the actual plant, the plant the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you kind of want to talk to somebody and say, have any, has anybody ever potatoes? Like, <laughs> yeah. just, cause they don't look anything like this. Yeah. Why are they, uh, why are they all and, growing out of the soil? They should be yeah. <laughs> like, well, you've got to be able to see them, I guess. But yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not how potatoes do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I find sandstone very bright. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if, unless you're making an entire build of red sandstone, it's really hard to mix that in with other, with other, other yeah. blocks. I, I find that that's one of the first things that gets tweaked whenever anybody's working on their resource pack. They're like, I'm going to give sandstone a touch because, yeah, they're like, mm. that's that's something I can work on in the background and it's not going to change the look of the entire landscape. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just allows them to tweak something else well i think we're gonna and have I'm, to we're gonna have to put a stopper yeah. in this conversation about now yeah because we are we are running a little bit long here but any any closing thoughts seeing as i just interrupted you mid-sentence well the, the only thing that i wanted to leave with that i am a texture pack for my server and my server mates and the idea is to use optifine and altering some of the mbt tags uh so that people can change the texture of their elytra so doesn't affect building doesn't affect gameplay but right, affects yeah. how you look to other players because and the, the only way you can have different looking elytra right now in the game is if you've been to minecon and you have a cape that's that's the right. fun thing they change with the minecon cape texture so that if you've right. been to a previous thing but they don't give out capes anymore so uh there's that puts the axe in that plan yeah so I, I one of the things that i find so interesting about uh texture packs is that you can actually have things um like tweaked per per like mbt tag you can actually rename things on an anvil so you don't have to do it it doesn't make you uh use the new texture you have to then do something in game to choose to do it you could even do something in a in a in a, a data pack where you say oh well you have to dye your elytra green and then you will get the green elytra and not only will it be a different color but it could also be a different texture a different outline maybe the green elytra are made of leaves you know maybe the red elytra is a fighter plane from world war ii like mm -hmm. just fun stuff that really doesn't affect anything that other than how you appear to other players and i think it could be a, a fun thing to implement so that's my next kind of artistic challenge uh, i've really been into into resource packs and making them i'm not changing a lot in the game but I, I like being able to say like nope in my opinion moying that's ugly so i'm gonna fix it yeah sounds sounds like a a solid philosophy to have just tweaking stuff that uh, makes it a little bit more fun because <laughs> we all want to extract as much fun out of minecraft as we possibly can and it's been fun chatting about all this stuff today but that's going to wrap up another episode of the spawn chunks you can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we talked about today at thespawnchunks.com the music for the show was composed by me and as always i'm gonna make a vague promise to update it a little bit in future <laughs> and make a uh, a custom theme for us you, you better be careful this might become a joke if you don't actually change it. i know we're, we're, st we're starting a trend here uh so you guys out there listening if you've enjoyed the show and you feel like putting a little value back into it we would love to get some more people supporting the show on patreon you can visit patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to join our community 
where pledging at any level will get you an invite to the patrons-only Discord chat. We've actually seen a couple more people come in this week as well. It's a fantastic little community. We've been we've been exchanging ideas with people, sharing builds, kind of discussing the different aspects of Minecraft, and a little bit about the show as well. So if you want to have your input, that is a great way to do that. But not the only way, as Joel will now explain. Again, one of the best ways that you can support the show for no cost at all is just word of mouth. It's an easy way to spread the word about the Spun Chunks. Get new listeners on the show. Just tell your friends about it. And that could be social media. That could be poking somebody in the arm and say, hey, you should listen to this. Uh, you can also contact the show at thespunchunks at gmail.com, just like Anon. And they wrote in to say, hey, I like your first show. Congrats. It's been interest. It's I'd be interested in you guys discussing data packs and adding structures. That's also a part of the game, and there isn't much reliable info about it at the time. For example, at least I don't know how safe and reliable it is and maybe messing around some good data packs. Uh, or he may be missing out on some good data packs, excuse me. Uh, we have definitely tossed data packs around as a topic. They probably followed very quickly into the conversation after we mentioned uh, that we were going to do resource packs on, on this episode. Uh, as with resource packs, it would be impossible to kind of get completely into them in just one episode but it is on our list uh pixel riffs and i have to do a little bit more research and more familiarize ourselves a little bit more with data packs before we get to that uh, however we have some very technical minded people in the patron discord and we're going to be relying on them i think mm -hmm. uh, to help us out absolutely yeah you can find the show by tw uh, by name on twitter and instagram and finally at long last we are available on itunes stitcher Google Podcasts, Google Music Play Store, and Android devices. That's a, a round Yay. of applause. A round of applause, everyone, for Joel. Uh, Joel's we been had working some technical, tirelessly yeah, technical on hoops to, to jump through, but it should be very easy to, to find the spawn chunks. Uh, searching for Minecraft doesn't seem to work yet in iTunes, but searching for the spawn chunks or myself or Pixel Riffs will, will come up. Uh, you can also go to the spawnchunks.com where you can uh, listen to the show as well as. Uh, have links there in each episode there's a link to the itunes android and rss subscription link very easy to find you just have to click on the episode first it doesn't show up on on the home page uh spotify is the only one that we've had requested that i have not been able to do yet that seems to be like a paid service so that might be something we put down down the road uh itunes reviews now that we are in the itunes store uh, that's one of the best ways for the show to reach new listeners it helps us rise in the ranks of minecraft podcasts so when people are searching for that we show up and I really want to give a, a warm shout out to Cosmic Dancer, one of our patrons. She left a very nice review in the iTunes store. Uh, and they said, if you're a fan of Minecraft, this is the podcast for you. A good mix of Minecraft news, anecdotal content and technical discussion led by two of the nicest people in Minecraft community. You couldn't ask for anything better. I thought that was very nice. Thank you so much, Cosmic Dancer. We appreciate you a whole lot. Well, my name is Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash pixelriffs, where I have an ongoing Minecraft survival guide series teaching everybody what's new and how to survive in Minecraft 1.13, and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla, where you can see exactly how much ink I am now farming. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I'm streaming three days a week on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Pixel Riffs, where these days I'm mostly working on larger Minecraft projects for my YouTube series, but we play other games from time to time. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel Riffs on both Twitter and Instagram, and I would love to hear from you guys. Joel, where can people find you online? 
Well, you can find everything that I am up to online at joelduggan.com. That's also where I have my illustration and design portfolio. If you're interested in hiring me, just uh, drop me a line and we can discuss the project. If you like this show, you may also like The Citadel Cafe, a podcast where I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment, or Comics Coast to Coast, where myself and Brian and Matt interview artists, illustrators, and animators. We've been taking a bit of a hiatus this summer. Uh, it's been hard to book guests, but we have some new people coming in in September. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram with just my name, Joel Duggan. And there is a new episode of the Citadel Let's Play out today on YouTube. And it covers a lot of the builds that we talked about at the top of the show. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, and so is the black soul of my ink farm.